recording. Yes, sir, we are. How's it going this week, y'all? Episode 45. Spinny, you got a you got an athlete for me? What is this episode called? Man, I came up short I don't, on that one. I can't think of any off the top of my head either. Honestly, Ooh. off the top of my head, I can't think of a single one. Do a little quick Google search. Dick Grayson? <laughs> Whoever that is. Oh, come on. Four-time All-Pro, 48 interceptions. Yeah, because wow. I watched I watched the NFL in the 60s, yeah. <laughs> well, geez. <laughs> All right, we'll rock with him know. for this episode. You want, I mean, well, who is it again? What? Who is oh, it? Oh, I know. Pedro. Oh, okay. The Pedro we'll Martinez the Pedro. episode. We'll rock the Pedro Martinez episode. That one is much better. Much better. We could do the Michael Jordan when somebody stole his jersey episode. We could. There you I go. don't want to give. I don't want to give that man any props, though. Why not? Because you're bitter, <laughs> or what? Because you're bitter. I'm just a hater. I'm a hater. You're bitter that they're doing an all Michael Jordan day like two days after LeBron breaks the scoring record on ESPN. Yeah, you're just, bitter about that. Just classic stuff, like <laughs> just uh, like last year when they had to drop the documentary at the same time LeBron was doing things. Like, of course, it's gotta. It's always it's just how that works. It's funny. MJ ain't stupid. Come on. I to start this episode though, Spinny, the Pedro Martinez episode. I have a couple headlines for you, some that we didn't even go over. So these are gonna be new to you. Uh, you may have heard of these. I'm not sure. Oh we'll man, with, I just might have heard of them only once. Or what? given that, given that you're a women's volleyball coach at the collegiate level, I kind of want to hear your opinion on this Duke basketball matter. Have you heard this about how Carolassa was? Lawson was ripping the fact that they used a men's ball for the first half of their game. Yeah. Which she said, yeah. So they played the first half, didn't like change the ball until halftime. Um, this would never happen in a men's game. She says this would never happen. This just wouldn't happen. It's embarrassing for our sport. So what do you think about this whole situation? Okay. I mean, obviously, women's sports get disrespected. I don't have to. I don't have to, like, that's obvious. I don't need to right. go into that too much. But what I'm saying is that did no one notice it or say anything the whole time? Or they're saying they did say something and the refs were like, nah, we're going to wait till halftime. That's what I'm saying. Like, because that's no one... what I, because that's a different, like, that's BS if that happened. Like, that, that is unbelievable. The refs should be fired for that at that point. Like, holy cow. But, like, also, I mean, if you're that good of an athlete, you you're, you can't tell me you don't notice the difference in ball size. Like, I can notice the difference in ball size, and I'm not a D1 athlete. So, like. So, everything that I've seen says that they didn't, like, even bring it up during the game until halftime. Why? So to me, that's like that's on them. Like, yeah. In that, if is, that's true, then I agree. It's, it's like it's BS that you played with the men's ball. I agree with that. Well, but yeah. like you just said, you know, player basketball players know the difference. You can hold a men's ball, a women's ball, and you can tell the difference. Why wasn't a player instantly going to the refs throughout the game? And again, obviously, I never watched the game, so I don't know. Yeah. But. Every all the reports make it seem like nothing was even brought up till halftime. The players brought it up to an assistant coach at halftime, and then that assistant coach told the refs when they came back out of the locker room, and that's how it got changed. And then Carol Lawson was like, essentially just pointing to how it wouldn't happen in men's games, and like even tried to protest the game. But it's like the other team played with the men's ball too, not just you. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean. Like, how are you protesting the result of the game when the other women's team had to do go through the same thing? Yeah, I'm not going to go super anti her because at the end of the day, it was the refs, the refs mistake that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to check the ball. It is the refs yeah, mistake. It's the refs mistake, but but I am surprised on the whole not talking to the refs about it before halftime. Like if that's true, then I just don't see how it's not at least a little bit on the players at that point. Like you got to buck up and tell somebody like, right. Like first dead ball, I would have said something. Right. Like the moment you touch the ball, you would know. Yeah. It's not the right ball. So I don't know. That's just kind of weird to me. Figured I would bring it up to you. 
Um, the next one we have here, kind of just statewide news, but California is making flag football a high school sport for girls. What do you think about this? You good with this? Yeah. I, I mean, love it. Not, I guess. Right. I mean, I think they should make regular football a high school sport for girls at some point, but you'll probably get a lot more like uh, interest in flag football at first, and then we'll you know see where the interest level goes from there. But but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's a good way to try to make a step towards getting uh, another sport available for women. So that's that's always a good thing. Right, and I feel like <laughs> did your did your high school ever do like the powder puff games or whatever with the girls? Oh, yeah, play? you know, that was hilarious. It was hilarious, and the girls got so into it, so, so into, into it. it. I was like, so I could. It. When I saw that article about how California is making a high school sport, I was like, that's actually a great idea. I could see girls getting really into this. Although the the best part of like the powder puff situation was the absolute just smear tackling. So you won't get that yeah, that's in true. Like football, but the yeah. but uh yeah, it's cool either way. Nice to expand opportunities for people. Another headline we got here: the all-star reserves were announced. A lot of people having issues, especially with the Western Conference. So let's just start there. Western Conference was Paul George, Shy Gilgis, Jaron Jackson, Damian Lillard, Larry Markin, and John Morant and Devontis Sabonis. Okay. Uh Benny, any immediate issues for you? I guess the main ones for me would be PG and Jaron Jackson in the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, those are the ones. Triple J only playing, what, 35 games? You know, that's that's not uh, the number you'd look at ideally, especially with guys like Ant and Darren Fox, who've played pretty much every single game. Ant literally has played every single game. So I get, those. that's the snubs to me is Fox and Ant. Um for Triple J and Paul George, Paul George, I guess you just look at like Ant's stats are all slightly better than PG's, and he's played all the games compared to not for PG. So I just don't exactly see that personally. And the the Kings are good enough to have two All Stars. They're in the top four in the West. So I I just in the season Fox is having and the step he took this year, like you gotta you gotta give him some credit for that. He's a top sure. 24 player in the league this year. Come on. Top 12 in the West. But Come on. Once again, disrespect for the small markets coming yeah. into play, as expected. Uh, let me ask you this then. Curry's hurt, expected to miss the All-Star game, right? Who is going to be his replacement, Darren Fox or Anthony Edwards? Probably Darren Fox. But... I'm assuming Darren Fox as well, but it's like... It could six... be Ant. I'm just, I'm just assuming the Wolves snubbery is going to remain right. in effect as usual. So I just don't get how a team that only has like two games better than us, maybe three record wise gets two all-stars, but we get zero. Like yeah. it, that just doesn't make any sense to me. But like you said, Minnesota hate that wouldn't surprise me at all. Eastern conference though. We got bam, Jalen Brown, DeMar Rosen, Joel and B Tyrese Halver and drew holiday and Julius Randall. So that would make, some noticeable guys who didn't get in would be like Pascal Siakam, Trey Young, and Jalen Brunson would be the first three that come to mind. Um, do any of those three? What? Should any of those three? You mentioned the biggest snub of all. I don't know. I don't know who you're about to say. I don't agree if that they're bigger than those three though. Who the the best not the best non All Star in the East? The only former MVP on that list. We're talking about guy almost averaging ten assists a game. Oh yeah, come on, James I Harden. Guess. I guess James Harden, but that's another situation to me though that he he's missed how many games? I'm putting those other three in over him. Trey Young think? is averaging twenty seven and ten. Yeah, right Trey Young. Trey Young is fair. Trey Young, I'll give you. And Jalen Brunson, the Knicks wouldn't be anything what they are without Jalen Brunson on the court. That man has completely taken over. He's averaging like 23, 6, and 4. Then why uh, didn't he make it over Julius? I don't know. I would have I'd rather seen Brunson in there than Julius, honestly. But also like the Harden thought has process. 36, 36 games played. 
that, that's that's actually 21, enough. That enough. Twenty-one and ten point nine. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I saw Siakam was the only guy averaging twenty-five, seven, and five plus in each category ever in NBA history to not be made an All Star. What? Yeah. At at the All Star break to be averaging those numbers, only player in NBA history not to make the All Star game. So that's crazy. Trey Young well, is like not the only quite player. At 25, but right, he's like twenty four or something. Um, Trey Young is like the only player in the top fifteen in the NBA in scoring that's not in there. Like, yeah, those yeah. are some noticeable ones. Would Would you actually put any of those guys in over the guys that made it though, like uh, Drew Holiday or? Are you taking any of those guys out for these snubs we're talking about? We got Bam, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halbert, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle. I mean, Randle and DeMar come to mind right away, I guess, of guys. I'd probably have Harden and Young in over those two guys. Again, Harden probably hasn't played enough games to where that part makes sense. I mean, DeRozan is... 26 5 and 5. So, I mean, you know. I also thought that even yeah, Drew Holiday, like I love him. He's done a great job even on like especially on the defensive end, like there's stuff that Drew Holiday does that doesn't show up in statistics. But um I thought even Drew Holiday, I thought they could have avoided a second Bucks player and could have thrown Harden in for Holiday or something along those lines as well. Yeah, and I mean, 51% from the field for DeMar on 26, 5, and 5. So oh, pretty, yeah. That's pretty, you know, respectable. And that's he's with doing shooting only 33% from three. He's still shooting 51%. Yeah. That means he's Averaging. shooting 60% from two. So Yeah, dude is a mid-range guy, as we yeah. know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably enough talk about the reserves. Let's move on to the last headline, which is also an NBA one. And that is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving got traded yesterday to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick, and two seconds, I believe, right? And it was Kyrie and Markeith in return. Markeith Morris, that is. Um, Spinny, is this a good move for both teams, one team, neither teams? What do you think? So we saw the offer, right? CP3, Jay Crowder, and a first. I was just going to say, I was going to shout these other ones. So that do was it, that yeah, one. You all, you said the Suns won. The um, the Clippers offered Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, a future first-round pick, and two first-round pick swaps. And the Lakers offered Russell Westbrook and both their 2027 and 2029 first-round picks as well. So those are some... Pretty good offers they also got, but they decided to go with uh, DFS, Dinwiddie, and a first-round pick, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think, yeah, I mean, Dinwiddie's probably the best player of all those guys, wouldn't you say? Right now. Yeah, right now, yeah, I would say, you know, but probably. He probably is. So that part makes sense. I think it's hilarious, Joe Sy being like, "We're not freaking trading you to the Lakers." Like I'm doing, yeah. I'm, I'm, I would take. He basically was like, "I would take a lesser offer to not trade you to the Lakers." I just think so, that he is absolutely fantastic, honestly, and I get it, given all the BS that Kyrie has inflicted on that organization. Yeah. It actually makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And this is what the Nets offer was to the Lakers. This is how much Lakers would have had to give up. And it would have been, on top of Westbrook and those two first-round picks, it would have been more pick swaps as well as Austin Reeves and Max Christie. So essentially, they're only two young shooters (laughs) and more picks. Yeah. So yeah, absolute haul. Obviously, Lakers aren't going to do that. So um, yeah, it's I love that pettiness too. I I wouldn't send Kyrie where he wants to either after everything he's done. No, yeah. It's funny, too. I think he could have got maybe a big long-term contract from a team like the Lakers in the offseason had he just shut up and played out his season and finished. If he had finished the season about where he is, even a little bit less, and he had played and, and said nothing, he could have got 
a four-year, $150 million deal in the offseason. More likely than he is now, I think. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Another reason I saw the Lakers were hesitant because they only wanted to give him a two-year deal because uh, LeBron only has two years left. So they didn't want to give him the four-year deal. So that's yeah. why they didn't pull the trigger on that. Because, um, like, at the end of the day, who cares? if you're going to get Kyrie, who cares about Max Christie? And Especially, and like, whatever, those but... guys will be hard to replace this year. But, like, right. next year and going forward, getting yeah. good shooter free agents to come to the Lakers for the vet men is not going to be hard to do with LeBron, Kyrie, and AD. Yeah. If you have those sure. three guys, you're going to get all those vet mint shooters. Yeah, definitely. Well, before we move on to our next segment, who do you think won this trade? Are you saying it's a win for both, the, both it, teams? It is the rare win-win, I believe, yeah. Honestly. I agree. We'll see I what agree. happens uh, the rest of the season. You know, if it actually makes the Mavs a legit contender, if the Nets can still contend and compete in the East – um, I think so we'll Nets see. went like as many above average role players and KD as we can. So I think right. they'll be decent, like especially in the regular season until KD as long comes as, back. And then, yeah, as long as KD stays healthy. And I think they can beat any team other than Boston and Milwaukee. Like even Philly, like I don't know. Philly loves choking in the playoffs, and I can just see KD making that happen. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening as well. Well, now we're going to talk about Super Bowl 57. Obviously, coming up Sunday, 5.30 p.m., we got the 14-3 and Chiefs playing the 14-3 and Eagles. It's going to be an amazing game. Two different styles of football. We got, you know, passing down the field Chiefs and more of a, a pounded-down-your-throat running team in the Eagles. So it's going to be interesting to see which style prevails. The Eagles are a one-and-a-half-point favorite spread-wise. And so I guess, Finney, I'll just ask you right away, who do you got in this game? What was the spread again? One and a half. One and a half. You know, I just, this is a toss-up game for me. And Such so we're just going to do the classic tiebreaker that I always do, and that's sticking with my pick. So we're going to take Kansas City. I think it's going to be 29-24. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a close one. I think Mahomes, it's just faith in Mahomes, honestly, is what we're talking about. And... Philly's D not being quite as good against an amazing quarterback as we think it is. I like that five point spread. I'm actually going to do the same thing. I'm going 32 to 27 for the Chiefs. Pretty much the same reasoning as you. I this is a straight toss up game. I'm struggling to decide who to pick, but my preseason or pre playoff pick, I should say, was the Chiefs, and so I got to just stick with the Chiefs. Mahomes about to get his second ring, and. Ultimately, at the end of the day, in these uh, Super Bowls and big games like this, I'm usually favor the team with the better quarterback, which is obviously the Chiefs. So that's at the end of the day, I'm going to pick the team that has the quarterback that will take. And that's Mahomes. I mean, we've seen him do it in 20 seconds. So yeah. Also, I mean, the Eagles' O line is going to have a huge impact because, like, Chiefs would have struggled against the Bengals if it wasn't for Chris Jones and others just wreaking havoc, and that's obviously not going to happen. So if Jalen Hurts has as much time as he usually does, it could be a different ballgame as well. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Well, Spinny, before we move on to our next segment, I'm going to throw out a bunch of prop bets because obviously the Super Bowl is just known for all these crazy and fun prop bets you can bet on. So obviously, very popular one, National Anthem Length. Uh, anywhere from two minutes to two oh five, depending on your site. The website we're using, two oh five is what it's set at. Two minutes and five seconds, over or under. Do we have yeah, a singer? Chris, Chris Stapleton, country music star. Oh, over. Hundred percent over. Hundred P over. Yeah. Odds are minus one forty five over plus one ten for under. I'm going over as well. No shot. Like the draw. The draw yeah, from Stapleton voice, like yeah. there's no way. But it, but the other th the one thing is like he might not lengthen out the ah, as much as some. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that could that could subtract a little bit. But I still am going over. Also, national anthem one. Who will be shown first on TV? Pat Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Which QB? Mahomes is minus 135, Hertz is plus 105. 
I feel like this answer is based on the script, like all those memes about how the NFL is scripted. Aaron Whichever... Foster's such a <laughs> trip. Such a trip, man. Those those memes, though, are literally the funniest thing ever. I absolutely love the NFL script memes on Twitter. They all, get me rolling. Is, especially all the, like, I can't wait until the stars start. Some of the stars have been tweeting it, but, like, I can't wait to, like, I don't know. Like, on the anniversary, you know Tom Brady's tweeting a meme about this was a lit script, wasn't it? 20 yeah. <laughs> picture. I just can't wait for some shit like that. But uh, They are hilarious. So, yeah, that that's what I was saying. It's going to be whatever the script is this year. of Whichever team's winning, that's who they're showing. If they have the Eagles winning, they're showing Jalen Hurts first. Well, then I'm picking Mahomes, I guess. I guess I'm picking Mahomes, too. Base, we're going Mahomes. Yeah, we're going Mahomes. What about skill position? They also got one for essentially the, their best skill players, Travis Kelsey or A.J. Brown. We got minus 185 for Kelsey, plus 140 A.J. Brown. I wonder what odds are on Devontae Smith. That's what I want. I want my Devontae Smith comes up first. Odds. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. You would imagine it's worse than A.J. I'll take Brown. Brown. I'll take Brown. Yeah, I feel like I got to go Kelsey. He's such a TV guy. Like They're probably going to go Mahomes, Brown, Kelsey, Hurts. I could see that. I can totally see that. How about the classic coin, coin toss? We got heads or tails. Heads is minus 105. They're both minus 105, obviously. Same odds. And anyone who picks heads in this situation sucks. So we're Here we go. Tails. I got to – okay, you can go tails. That's fine. But I'm going to give you recent Super Bowls. The last Ooh. two have been heads. Last two have been heads. 2020 was tails. The two before that, 2019 and 2018, both heads. But the four before that. 2014 to 2017, all tails. So lately, it's been heads. Heads, heads, tails. Heads, heads, tails. Heads, heads, tails. Heads, heads, tails, 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 tails. Those are the last eight or nine Super Bowls. No, but I'm saying going into this year, head, head, tails. Head, head, tails this year. Pattern repeats? Yep. Yeah, I like that. uh, The script repeats. I always pick tails, no matter what. On this, tails never I fails. Always do. Tails never fails. Exactly. Yeah, always. Who who's winning the coin toss? Chiefs or Eagles? Eagles. Okay. Chiefs picking wrong. I, I'm going Chiefs and deferring. Ooh. Okay. Okay. This one's interesting here, Smitty. Color of Rihanna's first outfit. Super Bowl halftime show. We got plus. The best eye is black. Plus one fifteen. Gold plus five twenty five, silver or gray plus six hundred, white plus six hundred, green plus six fifty. Those are the best five color odds. If you have, if you want any other colors, I can shout out the odds. There's more listed here, but can I get? I'm going like, black. I'm going black. I'm going with the favorite. Silver or black. green? I want silver. We'll take silver. We'll take plus six hundred. Okay. I love those odds. Okay. Because, like, the only reason why I say black is because, like, in her show, she's known for wearing, like, something black or white. Pretty much just, like, plain colors. So, then so I, I think black. White. You should pick white. One of us will be right then. All right. I'll pick white. Okay. Another halftime show. Which song is she going to sing first? Diamonds plus 150. Don't Stop the Music plus two, 250. Lift Me Up plus 550. What's My Name plus 600. Umbrellas plus 800. Man, this one's tough. Umbrellas. Give me those odds. I like Umbrella, too. Plus 800? That seems so low for that. I feel like it's got to be that song. Who knows? She's got so many good so many good songs. How many times... Ooh, this is a good one, especially with him retiring. How many times will Tom Brady be mentioned during the Super Bowl? Over one and a half or under one and a half odds or minus 165 for over... Plus one twenty five for under. There's no way they don't match them at least two times. I'm going over. Smash over. Yeah. This is this is one you parlay because you know that's happening at least twice. Literally. One. Okay. What about? That's what I'm saying. Like what? Commercials. Doritos or Pringles? Who gets the first TV commercial? Doritos. Minus two sixties. Doritos. Yeah. It's going to be Doritos. They're always one of the first. Always one of the first ones. Pringles is what odds? Pringles is plus 190. Ooh. Compared well, to I might take Pringles, actually. What about, what about for beer? We got Heineken versus Budweiser. Heineken plus 110. Budweiser minus 145. 
I'll take the I'll take the No, nah, I'm gonna take the sure man on this one. I'm gonna take Bud. Yeah, I'm going Bud too. I feel like I just feel like those most most popular brands are always like right away. Like they, they pay the money to get it done. You know what I mean? True. <laughs> okay, well, we'll finish with these Andy Reid specials. I don't know if these are ones you can actually bet on, but they're listed with odds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read them off here. They're pretty pretty hilarious. Andy Reid special. Will Andy Reid wear a Hawaiian shirt during the Super Bowl? At any yes. point? Yeah, I'm assuming it means during the game. I don't know. Plus, plus sixteen hundred for yes, minus fifteen thousand for no. Come on, it's no. <laughs> it's no. That's fine. It's just the Andy Reid special. What about will he eat a cheeseburger before the end of the Super Bowl broadcast? I want. I kind of want those odds a little bit. No is minus nineteen hundred. Yes is plus seven fifty. All right. All right, I like the plus. I'll take the plus seven fifty. I like that actually. This one, this one's a little easier. He doesn't have to eat it. He has to just say the word burger. Well, the words burger or cheeseburger be said by Andy Reid during the post game interview. Minus two forty for no, plus one seventy five for yes. I'm going. That's yes. the smash. That's the plus. I'm going yes yeah. for sure. Especially if they win, he's definitely yeah. gonna say something like, "Yeah, I'm about to go get a cheeseburger or something." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely. Oh, that's that hilarious. hilarious. I love props well, for the Super Bowl. It's like a tradition. Yeah. I was going to say, Hardys and Hardos, if you want to see more, just literally Google Super Bowl prop bets. There's so many out there. So many. We could have literally sat here for the rest of the episode and talked about them. Honestly, there's that many. Literally. So we're both going Chiefs, sticking with our picks. I like it. All right. Let's transition to the next segment, which we're just going to kind of throw out some predictions for the NBA tread deadline, which is this. Thursday, I want to say at 3 p.m., 4 p.m. It's somewhere in the afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, it's on Thursday. And, obviously, the Kyrie trade already happened. Um, so, it's, things are picking up and heating up quick. So, Spinny, give so me all one. all trades are going to be wrong as hell. Just letting Probably. everybody know. Because Russ likely. is the worst trade predictor in the history of the world. <laughs> Nothing? You think so, huh? I got a face Man, yeah, because I'm just speechless Yay. at that. I don't know what you're really basing. I don't know what you're basing that off of, but I guess I'm basing that off of I was trying to make you get a little feisty. Yeah, you're being a troll. No, I wasn't. Tell me, give me one of your predictions then, because I know it's going to be terrible. All Raptors stay in Toronto. No, that's the hot take. All Raptors stay in Toronto. So the Raptors are buyers. You think? Or you're just saying there's no way they stay put. So you're you saying they're think? buyers then. No, maybe Team, teams like that don't never stay put. They do something. We'll see. I'm a little skeptical of Messiah this year. I think he might be might be trolling everybody and we might get a stay put. I know it's a hot take. I mean, they don't they don't call it a hot take because it's likely, but I think <sighs> I don't know. Five fives I'm getting out of Toronto. I don't see that happening. One of my predictions is two of their four guys that are rumored are gone. What, no matter who it is, there's at least two of them traded, and that's Fred VanVleet, Ojan Nuli, Gary Trent Jr., or Pascal Siakam. I think Siakam so, is the most likely to stay, but two of those four are getting traded. So you want over under one and a half bet? I'm taking over then. So you're, we, I want to make a bet with you, though, right now. I will go over on one and a half. And so, yeah, I need either. I need at least two Raptors getting traded. And you okay. go under. Yep. What are we? What are we? I want to bet something. You got to do something stupid on broadcast, though. That's the, it's got to be. I don't yeah. What's what something is, we could? What's something we could do? Like you got to wear a Duke sweatshirt on the broadcast. The whole broadcast. I think it's got to be something worse. I feel like I can think of things I hate more than that. That's fair. Maybe. Uh, uh, you have to let one of your roommates dump water on your head during the broadcast. Okay, so then your fiance has to do it then too. Yeah. So that's what we're doing? Okay. Yep. I'm game. Let's that go. Sounds, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Let's, Let's do it. Let's go. Let's definitely do it. Mariah's going to be excited about this one, except I'm not going to lose. So no, yeah, I was going to say she's going to be excited because you're going to be disappointed. You're right. In the water. <laughs> Oh, disappointment in the 
household. Okay, other than the Raptors, then what do you got then? Oh, other than the Raptors, Celtics make the Pirtle move. I think it's going to happen. Jakob, Jakob is going to be in green, hopefully, by before Thursday. Yeah, I had a very similar prediction. I just made it more general, saying Celtics are training for a big, whether it's Pirtle, uh, Plumley, Nas Reed. I hope we don't get rid of Nas Reed, but he's obviously I, that'd be, available. That, I, I don't either, but like if he's got to be traded, it'd be it'd be fun to see him traded there. I kind of want more oh, of yeah. a defensive defensive center though. That's the only thing that I like Jakob for is I feel like on the defensive end, he's still least respectable. That's a good point. That's a good point. Nas getting bullied. One of my other predictions is the Nets aren't done. They're not done at all. Um, a lot of people are thinking they're just going to rock this lineup now. There's no shot. They're either immediately trading one or both of these players and Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, plus future picks to acquire a Fred Van Vliet, Zach Levine, a DeMar DeRozan. We don't know what bulls or buyers or sellers. They're a team. They're kind of like the Raptors. They're a tweener. We don't know. Yep. Uh, but the, both those players are rumored to be available if they're sellers. Um, so I think they're either going to land a second star in like one of those type of players, or they're just going to continue to add more win now vets. Like you said, they're trying to surround KD with a lot of very good vets. So maybe they keep Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and they trade some of these future first for another one. Uh, like uh, who's a vet that's available, like a Jay Crowder or a Bogdanovich, like these guys that are probably like, Pretty damn likely they're going to get traded. Um, just bet, key bets that will help them win. So I think the Nets aren't even close to done yet. That's fair. I think Jay Crowder is going to be a Milwaukee Buck. I think they get that done. It just fits. I like, fits the, I like those odds, too. Their style. I just think that's going to get done. Um, and some team's going to pay on the low for Cam Reddish for his upside. Somebody like mm-hmm. – like even like the Laker, like a Lakers Rui style. Like maybe it's the Clippers, maybe it's Milwaukee if they don't get Crowder. Maybe it's well Sacramento. Maybe it's some somebody takes a maybe it's the Heat. Somebody takes a little stab at Cam Reddish. I think I like that one, and that flows into one of my other predictions. And the late being the Lakers are going to make a move, whether it is something like Cam Reddish. But it's going to be an underwhelming move. They're not going. They're going to still refuse to move these twenty-seven and twenty-nine first-round picks that they have. I don't think Heald's um, happening, or Levine. Like I don't think like a Buddy Heald's happening. There was even a rumor that Fred VanVleet would be involved in a trade to the Lakers for those picks and Russell Westbrook or whatever. I don't think they're going to make a splash move. Uh, they should, obviously. I just knowing Rob Blake and Genie Bus, they're going to make an underwhelming move and just go get like a Cam Reddish or whatever. And speaking of cameras, before you give out your next one, I'll just shout out, guys. Most likely players to be moved. Um, DraftKings odds here. Cam Reddish and Jay Crowder, both minus 500. Uh, top ones there. Jakob Pertl, minus 350. OGN Newby, minus 320. Russell Westbrook, minus 320. Plumley and Van Fleet, minus 280. They even have KD on here. KD, minus 250. Gary Trent, minus 250. KD so. to the Suns is interesting, like an Aiton and Bridges package. I don't know. I mean, KD getting traded is obviously interesting. Right. Do you, do you think that's – like, so my prediction with the Nets was that they're keeping KD. They're not trading KD. They're not trading KD. They, they've okay. said – like, we didn't go through all this crap this summer and then being like, now nah, we're and not then, trading him to turn around and then trade him. Like, it's, yeah. it just doesn't. I could maybe see them doing it this off season, but just right now, I just, there's no shot. I feel like, especially injury, so. you know, situation as well. Do you have any other uh, predictions to the trade deadline? My last one is just the long rumored, some long rumored players. These guys have been available essentially since day one of the season, if not from the off season, that's Bojan Bogdanovich. He's getting traded off the Pistons. No doubt about it. Um, Jay Crowder. He's getting moved. I liked your, uh, take of going to the Bucks. That was a very rumored one that I've seen all over on the internet. Um, Eric Gordon off the Rockets. He's finally getting moved to some team that needs shooting. And John Collins. I think John Collins is finally going to get moved. I wouldn't John Collins has been available for like a year and a half. Forever. Forever. Like since the day finally get rid of contract, it seems like he was available. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they finally get rid of him. I know I've seen that the Jazz are interested. So maybe they uh 
they get Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley for him or whatever the case is. I saw that as a rumor. So I think John Collins is finally going to be on the move as well. But that's all we got for the NBA trade deadline. It's going to be interesting. It's one of the best times of the year, that's for sure. The NBA is always, always crazy at the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. We're going to close out with our mock draft part two. Like we told you last week, we're dropping this in three parts. 11 picks. We'll drop. We'll do what? What are we doing? 10 today, right? 10 today and then 10 next week uh, post-Super Bowl. Um, Reason why we're only doing 10 today is because pick 21, who was going to the Dolphins, is forfeited, obviously, with that whole fiasco this offseason, this past offseason. So there's actually only 31 picks in the first round now. So, Spinny, let's just start it off. Texans got another pick here at 12. Two top 15 picks. That's huge for them. They need literally everything. So I can see them going so many different routes here. I have them since I have them picking quarterback. I have them addressing one of their many defensive needs, and that's edge rusher, uh, filling that with Luca Van Ness out of Iowa. So that's why I got the Texas taken at 12. I have the same pick. I think this might be a little high, but I think given D'Amico Ryans, they're probably going to go defense, even though there's an offensive lineman or two available here who probably are better. Um, I went Van Ness as well. Obviously, he seven sacks two years ago, six sacks this year. He never really started for Iowa, so that's obviously a little bit of like a what the heck, but um, decent production despite that. Um, obviously, it's more like the length and power thing you see with him. Um, but I think there's upside here, but it might be it might be a tad bit of a reach. Yeah, I've seen him falling as far as to the end of the first round, even. So we'll see where he ends up going. This is a guy that's he's been he's all over in mock drafts, anywhere from this pick all the way to 30, 31. So it's gonna be interesting to see where Luca goes. Jets, they're coming in here at pick 13. Um, to me, I got them going tackle here. Makai Becton clearly has not worked out for them whatsoever. I, I think they need to address this uh, once again and pick a tackle here. I got them picking Broderick Jones Ohio, from out, out of Ohio State, which would be uh, the best available lineman remaining, considering I had guys like Paris Johnson and uh, Peter Skoronsky uh, going in my first part one mock draft last week. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I have the Jets nailing draft here again with this pick and taking Paris Johnson. Definitely best player available at this point, um, upside-wise, Ohio State tackle. So I think uh, I think tackle's the spot for them. They're hope, trying to get a veteran quarterback when you are getting a veteran quarterback protection, obviously one of the biggest things. So um, tackle here for the Jets and a, another hit for the Jets. Facts, major facts. Patriots, 14. Spinny, this has been your squad for quite some time. It's going to be interesting. Are you still rooting for them now that Tom Brady's gone and they're for sure? I mean, Belichick's on the team. You still like them, right? Yeah, I mean, they're still my second team. You know, that's that's never going to change. Just you know, are, they gonna, are they going to be classic Patriots and pick a defensive player here, even though they're probably their biggest need is a wide receiver, a playmaker? Belichick f- realizes the error of his ways. He's finally jumping out of it, taking the highest taken receiver so? <laughs> in the history. Let's go. I hope you're right. Quentin Johnson, wide receiver no TCU, way. is going here. This would be the yeah. highest receiver. I, Nikhil Harry was the highest receiver when he was taken, and I think that was, was in the early really? 20s. So, yeah. Man. Yeah, I was juggling back and forth. I, I originally had them picking a receiver here. So I was like, this is what they need to do. But I just, I don't see it. I'm going cornerback Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Uh, There's rumors that Devin McCourty might retire. So that would obviously be a hole they'd need to fill. Um, So I got them sticking sticking to their plan and drafting Sticking to the mold? Sticking to the mold, yep. All right. I can, I mean, I can respect that. But yeah, Nikhil Harry was number 32, wasn't he? Last pick of the first round is the highest they've ever drafted a receiver. Are you kidding me? I, I'm i looking through all the picks right now just to confirm, but yeah, I believe so. That's crazy, actually. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's go to pick 15 then. Yes, to sir. the Packers. 
This one pains me to say. I got them taking Michael Mayer, stud tight end out of Notre Dame. This dude is a freak. He is extremely good. He's very good blocker as well. He kind of essentially, to me at least, profiles as like the next George Kittle, potentially. He's he's that good of an athlete down the field and that good of a blocker, uh, just like George Kittle is. And they're both 6'4 and both 250. So similar measurements there as well. So Packers obviously need weapons. Um, Lazard's a free agent. They could go for a receiver here as well, but they haven't had a good tight end and essentially ever in that middle of the field uh, aspect of, of tight ends would definitely help them considering, especially since the rumors that Rodgers isn't back there next year. So if they're rocking Jordan Love, they need a safety target going across the middle of the field and that, and Michael Mayer would fill in that spot perfectly. Yeah, I think the Packers are going cl- more classic Packers and sticking on the defensive end. Um, going with, again, a guy who, in in the Packers' opinion, I think is going to be best player available. It's kind of debated um, between this guy and Brian Barisi from Clemson. But I have the Packers take, taking Carl J. Cansey, the, the D-tackle from Pitt. Okay. I like yep. that. Obviously, he is more of a pass rusher, uh, six foot two eighty. So, obviously, Pitt short pass rushing base. We're gonna get a lot of Aaron Donald comparisons, but obviously, he's you know that's huge shoes to fill. But he did have almost he did have fourteen sacks in the past two seasons from the interior defensive line. So that's pretty good in college football from a interior defensive line perspective. So definitely pass rushing upside. And just a classic type of player the Packers would pick that where I'm going to have to hate to watch sack Kirk Cousins. More guys sacking Kirk Cousins. Come on. We already had Will Anderson roaming around the NFC North from our, our part one. Aiden we Hutchinson had, is going to be roaming Yeah, I was going to say, we had, we had uh, Miles Murphy. Both of us had Miles Murphy going to the Lions, teaming up with Aiden Hutchinson. And now you have them picking another pass rushing D tackle, the Packers. Yeah, this might be rough for Kirk Cousins next year. That boy better be getting out of the pocket. That's for sure. Or we better better be improving our line. One of the two. Commanders, they got 16th pick. I got them going DB here. Brian Branch out of Alabama. This guy can play corner or safety. So a little versatility there. Um, They just don't have anybody. Their secondary was atrocious last year. And it doesn't help that in their division is some of the best receivers in football, AKA CD lamb and AJ Brown. So they need guys to, to guard receivers, even within their own division. So I got them addressing that need and going Brian branch. Definitely. I think the commanders have one of the biggest quarterback needs, obviously in the league right now. I and agree. Again, like I, like I previously said, how do you attract veteran quarterbacks to your organization? And that is pass blocking where they have McLaurin, they have an attractive uh, receiver set, but, Pass blocking has been an issue for them. So I have them going with Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia here, um, to try to hopefully entice one of oh, those yeah, quarterbacks. Georgia, yes. I What was it? Pick 13, I said Ohio State. So don't listen to me when I'm talking about Broderick Jones. He's from Georgia, not Ohio State. Thank you, Spinny, for saying that. You're welcome. And then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, let's move on to pick 17 here. Uh, Steelers. Steelers couple of needs, corner and tackle. There's a ton of corner and tackle needs throughout the NFL, and you'll see that as this draft goes on. Um, for my Steelers As pick, expected, think, though, right? Like, I feel like yeah. that's always a need for teams, I feel like. Line yeah. line, and uh, DBs. So, what do you um, got? I couldn't help myself with the Steelers here. The story, I don't know if this will actually happen, but the storyline was too flipping good not to do it. So, I have Joey Porter Jr. going here to the Steelers. Um, same team that his dad famously played for. So cool, uh, oh, little okay. cool connection here um, for Pittsburgh. That That is good. I like that. I got them addressing their defensive line need with Brian Breesey out of Clemson. They have multiple free agents on the defensive line, and Cam Hayward is not a free agent, but he's obviously old. He's in what, going to be entering his 13th year next year, maybe even 14th. Um, so that's just obviously another need they need to fill. And keeping that uh, Steelers front ferocious as it basically always has been. Agreed. Uh, next is another division team for our Minnesota Vikings, and then it's the Detroit Lions. Um, 
We had them earlier in the draft taking Miles Murphy, um, another guy that's going to be terrorizing Kirk, and now a guy that's hopefully not going to be intercepting Kirk, and that is Christian Gonzalez, corner from Oregon. Um, We saw some flashes from Jeff Okuda last year that he might have some potential still in him, but it was obviously inconsistent. And I think the Lions' biggest need is going to be on defensive anywhere. They addressed pass rush earlier, now going to corner. I'm just going to try to build that defense up. So that's what I have the Lions doing here. Completely agree. I have um, He's already off the board for me, Gonzalez. So I got them going Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Um, they just they need to address another defensive need here, I feel like. So whether they go secondary earlier in the draft and edge rusher here or vice versa, I think that's the play they need to do. <laughs> I like it. Uh, next pick here, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Obviously, quarterback, huge need with the GOAT retiring. Right now, Kyle Trask is the only quarterback on the roster. Gator Pride there. Um, corner and safety, Murphy Bunting and uh, name Jamel Dean um, are free agents, so no guarantee on those guys coming back as well as Levante David and Akeem Hicks and Julio. So a ton of free agents, ton of like what the heck's going to go on with the Bucks here. Um, so I had them going with a corner with the loss of those two guys. And I have Emmanuel Forbes here, the corner from Mississippi state. That would make sense. I, I didn't really find any corners I liked. So I, I went a different route for them. Like you mentioned, Levante David is a free agent. He's 33 years old, so who knows if they're going to be bringing him back, like you said, after Tom Brady retired. Who knows what the hell the Bucks are doing? Are they going to be trying to compete? Are they tanking now? Who knows? So I don't know if they're even bringing Levante back. I'm going to go, in my opinion, the best linebacker in this draft, 6'5", 233 out of Arkansas, and that's Drew Sanders. All right. I like that. I like that. For uh, this next pick here, though, for Seattle at 20, I do want to say – I think Anthony Richardson, since I still have him on the board, he's either going to the Bucks at 19, the Seahawks at 20, the Ravens at 23. I could see him going to any of those places. If he's still on the board in this range, he's going to be gone before the Vikings pick would be my prediction. So Seattle, uh, reason why, obviously why I say that, Seattle at 20 here, I got them taking Anthony Richardson. Sure, the rumors are they're signing Geno Smith, but maybe they can get him for – you know, maybe it's only a two or three year deal and they, they draft Anthony Richardson to come in after Geno. Because obviously Richardson's raw. He's a guy that needs to sit behind a quarterback for a year or two anyways. So um, and Geno is obviously not your long, long term answer. So I got them going Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I have them going classic here, going more defense, uh, maybe a little reach based on positional need. But I'm going safety here. Brian Branch, uh, safety from Bama. Had 90 total tackles last season, three sacks. Definitely has blitzing potential, something Pete Carroll loves to do with the safeties. Uh, four interceptions. He's six foot 190, fast, but still definitely a walloper. So even could play in the box here um, from Brian Branch, something that, again, P- Carroll likes moving safeties around when he can. So I, I like that here for Seattle. I'd like that pick too. I like Brian Branch a lot, obviously, being biased, fan a fan. Our last pick, though, Spinny. Uh, now pick 21 belongs to the Chargers. I have them going Jordan Addison, wide receiver. I could not decide between him, Johnston, and um, Jackson Smith. I think that's a straight toss-up coming down to draft day on what teams end up preferring between those three. But as we saw, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, once again, cannot stay healthy. We saw that all season. They really don't have any depth really behind him. So I think they're just going to try to get a weapon here. Um, I could also see them going tight end and picking like a, I'm drawing a blank on the guy I think they would take out of Georgia, but there's also. Uh, uh, well, I was thinking the Oregon State guy. There's also a Dalton Sinkade out of Utah. There's a number of tight ends they could Luke take. Luke Musgrove from Oregon State, 6'6", 250. That's the guy I was yeah. thinking of too. So there's, there's, yeah, I think they're going wide receiver or tight end here, giving Herbert another weapon. Yes. Um, well, I agree with you. And the guy I have available, if he's still here, they will be very, very excited about. And that is Michael Mayer, tight end Notre Dame. That's who I have going here to uh, the Chargers. Obviously, we see huge vertical threat tight end upside. He had nine touchdowns last season, first among tight ends. We just this is this is a 
this is one of those top five tight end potential guys. Like he might not. Like get I said, there. He, could, you never know. he could be the next Kittle. Like I said, he really yes, could be. He definitely has that upside, and the blocking part is there as well. Something right. that will be important um, with the Chargers. So I just I love this pick for them. Yeah, I like that pick as well. Hopefully, he follows there. Like I said, I don't want to see Michael Mayer in the NFC North. I really don't. So I think he's going to be a monster. Well, Spinny, you have any closing thoughts here? Otherwise. We get our uh, viewers on the way. No trivia this week or nothing like that. We just wanted to give you a c- couple of new segments. And, and, yeah, so we hope you all like episode 45, the Pedro Martinez episode. Pedro Martinez, shout out to that man. I guess Three one times. last shout out I want to say is uh, appreciate all y'all that uh, supported our our clothing and purchased some sort of clothing, whether it was just a shirt or a T-shirt, whatever you got. We appreciate everyone that supported us. Um, we're looking to do – some sort of clothing merch slash merch release again in the future. But shout Agreed. out to everyone that supported us on the first one. Agreed. Um, those will be shipped out with it. They should be out to you in about two weeks time. Um, we will keep you updated on social media with that. Uh, when I have an original uh, first post about what to look for and, and all that stuff coming up here soon. So for sure. For sure. Well, hardos. We love you. Appreciate y'all. We love you. Catch y'all next week.